0: Hey, everyone. Well, this is the very first episode of Say Yes Anyway, Conversations from the Heart. And to be honest, I was a little bit nervous, even with pressing record. And it's so funny because I'm by myself. Um, This whole concept of Say Yes Anyway, it really came up on a walk myself. And I was like, what is this even going to be about? And Something really big in me, just say yes, say yes, say yes, kept popping up and people's stories kept flooding to me where I kept thinking of different friends where they have had to go through different trials or hardships or vulnerable places or just areas of trust and faith and they've had to say yes when maybe it's made no sense to the world or to themselves but it's got them to where they are today And I know in my life that has been huge. I mean, I've had to say yes to so many different things. And saying yes also does not mean that you don't say no. Sometimes when you say no, then it's actually keeping you away from the wrong yeses and allowing you to say yes to the right things. So I don't want anybody to think that you can't say no, but it's just this like this deep inner knowing that you're supposed to say yes anyway. And again, the whole, also the part where it's just conversations from the heart. I know for myself, just in the past few years, just tapping into more vulnerable places and letting people share authentically. You know, we don't have to be perfect. It's not like we have to have anything figured out. I'm in my room right now. I don't have a really cool setup for this podcast yet or anything, maybe one day, but I just said yes anyway. And (laughs) I'm just also going to share from the heart. So, figured anyway that this first episode, I would just share my story. And I hope that somehow it inspires you into action, not just like, oh, whoa, you know, you're an inspiring person or the people that come on to this show to think well this show this podcast to think oh you're an inspiring person but really to see something in your own story from when we share from when i share just think today what is it in my story that i can say yes to even if it makes absolutely no sense and to say yes anyway and just think really come from your heart i i remember i'll start here i remember when i was 7 years old and my dad, he had these cassette tapes and it was all about pursuing your dreams. And my dad ingrained in me that, Hey, I believe that you can achieve anything that you want. And, but you have to really figure out what that is and follow your heart and, um, dream really big. And so he gave me these cassette tapes and I would literally sit there for hours upon hours and listen to these tapes and I would stop it and I would write things down and, I remember I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be an ice skater. I wanted to travel the world and help people. Um, those were the main things that I remember as a seven-year-old that I wanted to be and do. And from there, it's just taken so many other directions. When I was in high school, uh, my parents—they were always very supportive and in, in, you know, things that I wanted to do. But they also really pressed college. And during that time, I remember it being my senior year and I had applied for all these colleges, all these scholarships, I was going to go and do business and marketing because I knew that that was broad enough, you know, to expand in whatever direction I wanted. But I remember there was something inside of me after watching my, one of my best friends, she was a hairdresser. And I would watch her and I would sit in front of the mirror and I would always do my own hair and makeup and I would do my friends as well. And I loved connecting with people. And I just remember one day I was like, gosh, I don't think I can ever have a desk job. I don't think I can ever sit in front of a screen for a nine to five. But what do I really want to do? And when my friend was in beauty school, there was something that clicked. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what if I did that? I could do that but I was totally afraid of what my parents would say. And I remember after like months and months and months of thinking about it and finally, you know, making the choice and bringing it up to my parents, they, you know, of course wanted me to go to college and they said, you know what, why don't you get your four-year degree and then you can go back. I had already gotten my two-year degree, actually. I was in, went to Highline Community College for Running Start. But I told them and I said, you know, the good news is, is I can always go back to college, but I don't want to waste all that money and all that time. If I know that that's not something that I want to do. And you know what they had, I've talked with my mom now and she, she realized that she needed to release some, you know, her own thoughts of what my life was going to look like or her own kind of control over where my life was headed. And And they supported it. And they said, okay, like if you want to do this, we support you. And they did. And so I remember 17 years old, went to beauty school. I also worked at a gym. So there was always something with beauty and wellness for me. Something about the inside and out. And knowing that no matter what, you have to go internal to go external as well. So it's always been ingrained. After beauty school, I had had dreams of... One traveling the world and um, helping people. I knew that that was something from when I was seven years old that I wanted to do. But I also, you know, had been in beauty school and I wanted to go and figure figure that out. So my mom, she's from Spain, and I took a friend. We went backpacking for a couple months to um, to Europe, and I remember while we were out there. I had a feeling I wasn't going to come back. I was like, I have a feeling that once I'm there, I am, I'm going to figure this out. So I took all my stuff um, while we were out there, had this weird, like, inner knowing that this isn't it, that you're not supposed to be here, that you need to go back to your life of what you were doing back in Seattle. And then the next step will come. I was kind of frustrated because that's what I wanted to do. I was like, gosh, I wanted to go and live out here in Spain and, you know, be a badass hairdresser as well as help people out here somehow. Um, and but there was something inside of me that was like, nope, that's not now. So that inner knowing, you know, it was always from like a a young kid that say yes anyway, like going to beauty school and then. Going out to Europe and, um, and then knowing that that wasn't the right path for me at the time. So going back to Seattle and I actually was working at uh, one of the top hair salons in, in the area with some of the most world-renowned platform artists. And oh my gosh, Marv Smith, huge shout out to you and Rick uh, Brassfield. But um, one of my biggest mentors and friends I'll never forget. There was one time where he came out to me and uh, while I was working, and he goes, Oh my gosh, Jess, I need to talk to you. And I thought that I was in trouble. So, and I was what, like 18? No, I was probably about 20 at the time. I've been working with him for a couple years now. And I was like, What? And he's like, Jess. could, you could have never done better. I could have never done better. Whatever that was that you did out there, that was incredible. And you're going to be like this and you're going to be like that. And you're going to be better than this and that. And he just went on and on and on and on. And I remember in in that moment, because still to this day, I don't even really remember everything that he said, but I remember how he made me feel. And in that moment, um, there were like these thoughts of, Anything is possible, whatever you set your mind to. And even if you don't believe in yourself, there's other people that do. And there's things inside of you that are burning in your heart that you need to go out and achieve and be and do and see and experience and uplift and bring other people along. And um, I bring up that story because that was another catapult to pursue those yeses that were inside of my heart to say yes anyway. And I remember it was, um, not long after that, I believe where I knew I was supposed to move to California. And I had always talked about, well, when I was in beauty school, I always, I had talked about how I wanted to move to California. How I was a summer girl and I wanted to pursue my dreams and hair and fitness. And, um, yeah, I had some like really cool dreams with that. So that I made a decision and I said, yes. And I just knew that I knew that I knew that things were going to work out, that there was something in my heart I needed to go. So I did. I packed up my car, friend drove down with me. And I will definitely say it was not all rainbows and butterflies. I, before my life, it seemed like everything all worked out. Um, I actually loved my life so much working at the hair salon, working at the gym. I was a young life leader. I had tons of friends. I was, you know, very outgoing and friendly and things just seemed to always work out. Um, And when I moved to California, I just remember it was not great. I mean, yes, I finally lived out there, but everything that I was trying to achieve it was like there was a, a wall in front of me. Like, I mean, yes, very competitive, both in the hair and the fitness industry um, was very competitive and everything I, I tried to do was just not really working. And I was setting up a portfolio and, you know, got onto some really cool TV sets and some um, photo shoots and did some really awesome stuff. But again, it was just hard. I wasn't getting paid for anything, but I still knew that I was supposed to push forward. And so I was working all the time, created a boot camp business on the beach. It was incredible, but it was also really hard. And I just remember that being the first time in my life where I felt incapable. I felt as if maybe I made the wrong decision. But when I would, come to stillness, I would ask the question, did I make the wrong decision? And there was something inside of me where there was just peace. And it was like, no, you said yes. And this is right where you're supposed to be. So um, it was probably around New Year's. And what really also broke me was I was thought I was going to be homeless, (laughs) supposed to move into one spot that didn't work out. And at the end of the day, one of my friends took me in and I ended up sleeping in a room for, um, I don't know, a few months or something. We became really close friends, which is incredible. Thanks, Haley. You saved my life out here in the Los Angeles area. But it was hard. I It looked like I had everything together, but really on the inside, I was like, oh gosh, what am I gonna do? And there was a point where I remember my whole body like shutting down. And- I was so fatigued. My mind wasn't, was not working properly. I was so forgetful. I remember I would faint like all the time. Um, I was working out all the time and eating healthy. So I just wondered why I was feeling this way. And there was one day where I called my dad and he was like, Jess, it, it sounds like to me, you need to let go of some things. And I was like, no, dad, you don't understand. I can't let go of anything. Like I have to keep going. I have to keep doing everything that I'm doing in order to do all the things I want to do. And of course, he's just Mr. Wise Guy, And he was just like, okay, well, let me know if anything else changes. But just, you know, think about that. If there's anything that you need to let go of. And I remember going to work the following day. I was working at this, this amazing high-end salon, Lux Lab. Got to give a huge shout out. They're absolutely incredible. If you're over in the LA area, Lux Lab, check them out. But I do remember talking with one guy that was there and he's absolutely amazing. But he looks at me and he goes, Jess, why are you always so smiley? And I was like, well, because life is good. And he was like, no, it's weird. And I remember in that moment, just thinking, wait a minute, this is somebody that I'm trying to aspire to be like, and he's not even that happy. And I sat back and I kind of observed everyone and um, not everybody there, of course, was unhappy, but I just sort of saw this emptiness of, you know, trying to reach a certain ladder of where I personally wanted to go. And I just thought, you know what, I would have to at least be here for the next five years to go where I want to go. And it is this who I want to be. And it really got me and stopped me dead in my tracks. And I went over to the Venice pier and I went on a run and then went to this spot. And I'll never, ever, ever forget. There was this moment where I just sat in stillness and I had never meditated before. I was barely ever quiet my mind was always racing and i was always doing things and i asked i said god please help me to meditate please help me to hear clearly because i don't know what to do and in that moment with my eyes closed listening to the waves and feeling the wind i remember hearing this voice that said be still and know that i'm god And it was so loud that I opened up my eyes and I turned around because I thought somebody was right behind me and nobody was there. I was like, whoa, like that was God. (laughs) He's trying to wake me up and say something. And I remember in that moment feeling the most peace I think I'd ever found in my entire life, even when there was so much chaos and so many unknowns. And I left to the pier, went home. I remember locking myself in my room and for about five days, actually, I left a few times to go on bike rides, but I didn't really talk to anybody besides my dad and one of my friends. Um, And during that time, I meditated, I prayed, I read books. I really got down deep into the things that mattered most to me. And I drew this picture out that made no sense at the time of, of different items that would have never really connected together. But now I look back and it makes perfect sense, but they were the things that I had desired. And I remember after that, I called my mom and dad and I said, mom, mom dad, I think I'm supposed to backpack the world or something and they're like okay and both of my parents had done mission work my dad sailed all around the world they both have you know had absolutely nothing and had everything they're entrepreneurs they understand about kind of up and going and taking risks but of course they asked me the questions of like okay well who are you going to go with and let's like make wise decisions so you just don't go aimlessly and I was like, I don't know. I think I'm just supposed to go to one country and help them for like a month or help an organization for a month, go to another country and help another organization for another month and just go out there and serve. And um, they're like, okay, well, let's figure this out. So what's funny is there was actually an organization already created that did exactly what I wanted to do. And that was Adventures and Missions with the World Race. And I remember just knowing that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to do it. I saw the website and like my heart just exploded. And it was like a yes, like say yes anyway. And all these thoughts of, but you just moved to LA like a year ago. And like, you're, you're going to be a failure. What is everybody else going to think? And, you know, all these things popped up where I just knew deep down to the core that that's what I was supposed to do and how cool it was that a few days ago I was seeking and asking for some clarity and direction and I got it. And so anyway, I um, went back home, sold my stuff, had to raise like $17,000 in a few months. And I also went back to the doctor uh, because I was still having all those health issues. And I remember her taking blood tests and all these other tests. I hadn't had my menstrual cycle in two years. And she called me in and said, hey, Jess, I believe you are a beautiful, beautiful woman. And I believe you when you say you're eating, um, but you have lost all the estrogen in your body. And you're at 11% body fat and you don't have the right hormones to function properly. And we need you to shift your whole entire life around. So I remember asking her what I needed to do. And she told me I needed to start doing yoga. I started, I had to start meditating. I had to start like walking more, I had to start eating different foods. I had to change everything and everything in me did not want to do that. I was so stubborn where I was like, no, like I like my life. I like to work out the way I like to work out. I want to be strong. Everybody knows that I'm strong. I want to eat the foods that I think fuel me. Um, But she told me, she's like, Jess, do you want to live? I was like, it can't be that serious. And she was like, honestly, Jess, it's going to be very chronic if you don't change your life. And she even told me that I probably shouldn't be going on this year long trip around the world, service trip around the world, because it was going to cause a lot of stress. And there was something in me, because I was leaving three months later, where because I knew that I knew that I knew, it gave me a big why um, to actually become healthy and to get back on track and get my hormones in balance. And I had to get rid of my ego and surrender. And so I, I said, yes, anyway, even though I didn't want to. And that changed my life. It got me to become more aware of my body. It made me love myself in ways I never loved myself. Um, I remember looking in the mirror and thinking that I was so terrified of looking different. I was so terrified of what people would think if I couldn't physically do the things that I was capable of doing. I felt like a failure. And I remember just being like, but your life is not your own. Your life is for people and you know that you are to go out into the world and serve others now. And if that means that you have to give up these desires of your own for now, like do it. So it was a few month process. And to be honest, it was like very hard, but it was a daily thing on my yoga mat or eating different foods or looking at myself in the mirror and saying certain things, um, changing my mind around what was beauty and what was healthy. And it was so vulnerable. So anyway, went out into the world on the world race and it was insane. Went to 11 different countries, 11 months. I lived with um, a team of seven. There were seven of us that traveled the whole world together which they're still like my brothers and sisters. Oh my gosh, I we've been through so much together. And, you know, we went all over Southeast Asia. We went all over um, Africa. We went all over Central America. We went to so many places. And whether we built orphanages or taught English or worked with human trafficking or um, helped with churches or, you know, different cultures and backgrounds and religions. And it was unreal. So a couple things changed my life while I was out there. One um, was when I was in Thailand, I met this girl who is now a friend of mine, who was teaching yoga in the parks to girls that had been trafficked. And my, I had a really big heart for human trafficking. I actually had done work out in LA when I lived there out on the streets. Um, and I knew that that was something that I had a heart and passion for and that I was gonna do around the world. And so when we were in Thailand and that's the work that we were doing, I was like, wow, like that's incredible because these girls were asking questions about why they were feeling better on the inside and out. And I was like, gosh, like what if that's... The- something i could do you know like take this tool around with me it's mobile and bring like healing and life and beauty into people's lives and i was like this is such a gift that you have to offer the world so that was one of them and then another one was when i was in also in thailand but in this small little village um near burma and i was cutting this woman's hair uh who was just so run down, exhausted, never smiled. And I'll never forget afterwards it was just about 15 minutes and afterwards her whole demeanor and life just transformed in my fingertips and she was laughing and looking at her friends and like hopped on her motorbike and was just so happy and everything changed for her for that whole the rest of the month and I was like holy crap. I looked at my shears and I was like, "Whoa, like these are a gift, you know, to offer the world." And I saw, I started seeing things different. I started seeing people as gifts. I started seeing people's talents as gifts. And I was like, holy crap, everybody has a skill and a talent that is so unique and purposeful to bring to light into this world to serve others. And it was this whole thing of like purpose to serve. You have a purpose in this world to to serve others and you are not to hold it back because it is such a gift. And if you do, then the world is being robbed of who you are. And I remember coming home and that was all I wanted to do was bring people's gifts to life. And I started speaking it out and people like, oh my gosh, you're a nurse and you really care about people when they fall on the ground. I don't, but you do. That's a gift. We need more of you. Or wow, you were such a good logistical person that helped us to get through with all the finances, X, Y, and Z. I don't really like that all the time, but we need you. And anyway, it was just so fun doing that. So I came home and with that being all that I wanted to do, I, um, remember I was planning on actually moving to Thailand to be a hair educator for women that had been trafficked and I was almost all set and ready to go, but there was something inside of me, again, coming back to that thing inside of us that tells us things that we don't even expect there was something that just told me to stay back home and that I wasn't supposed to go. And to be honest, I was frustrated and kind of angry for a little bit because I was like, but I know that I wanted to go, but like I knew and had such peace about staying back. So I sat on it for a while, probably months. And um, I actually got yoga certified in that process as I was like seeking and I remember finally getting clarity and to start a, this project, a nonprofit and um, by bringing the, the beauty and the wellness industry together to bring um, like life and beauty and healing into people's lives. And so a friend and I, we actually started with this nonprofit called beyond project. And that's what we did. We ended up actually like cutting hair for the homeless and those in need, doing beauty services for at-risk youth and um, domestic-violenced women. And gosh, it was so beautiful. So we did that around Seattle area. We'd gone to Chicago. We'd gone to LA. We actually went to Lebanon at one point, and it was an unreal, unreal experience. And so that process, gosh, I believe it's probably about a year to even just set up that whole thing, getting clear on what the heck we were even doing to getting our 501c3 to, you know, building a team, all that kind of stuff. And then once we did, man, we were in it for a few years. And um, actually, during that process, and while we were doing it, we were You know, we had teams set up. We had projects going around the whole time. Um, Another friend and I were connected uh, who had done the same world race program. And because there was something in me where I was like, gosh, I really, it was like an, an international and national kind of heartbeat that I have is to serve people, you know, where you live, but then also take them on experiences around the world to uncover more about themselves and others and service and the beauty of all the things around you. And I believe that people's lives are transformed by experiences. And anyway, so a friend and I, we had a conversation, um, and over time we decided to start what now is called the wholeness journey. And it's a yoga retreat mission, yoga retreat mission trip. And so we bring people out to, Other countries partner with organizations around the world that serve those that have been affected by human trafficking, domestic violence, homelessness, um, things of that sort are impoverished. And we use things like art and healing or art and movement and wellness practices and storytelling uh, to bring basically the themes of identity, healing, wholeness, purpose, community. Um, and anyway, so we started that. Um, so I had both of those going, was doing the nonprofit, the project the wholeness journey. I was still actually even doing hair at a hair salon and I was teaching yoga. So there was a lot of things happening at that time but it was absolutely incredible. It was, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to do this wholeness journey thing. And what's funny is wasn't too sure until we tried it. We said, you know what? Sometimes you don't know unless you try. And so that's that's what we did is we just took this step of action. And we went to Guatemala first because my friend was living there uh, with her husband doing some leadership training um for some other teams and so we said let's just do our first one and we did and we had gosh a team of like 13 or so women and it was unreal when we were there we were like oh my gosh it made us come alive in so many ways and so with that we just said okay well let's just keep it going and we did that for maybe a year and then we decided oh well we need to actually file um for an LLC. So we ended up having that become our, our umbrella, Wholeness Journey LLC, and then um, partnered with The Cause, which is our nonprofit covering. And so, anyway, so that's what we've done. And ever since then, we've gone to Guatemala, we've done Thailand. We actually go to Thailand every year now. We've done Costa Rica and we've done Colombia. And of course, you know, we had plans to go to other places this year of 2020, but all that has had to come to a stop. And anyway, um, while that was going on, still had the other things, the, the other nonprofit um, doing hair, yoga, and it was goodness, back in 2018, I believe, where I was so exhausted. And um, there was so much happening in our organization, our nonprofit, where I just felt like I was at my end. And um, there were a lot of things that were unhealthy in the relationship between my, my founder and I. There was a lot of things that was just headed in different directions with the organization that we had planned from the beginning. And I remember actually saying after we got home from Lebanon, I was like, you know, I need to take a two month sabbatical. And both of us were just in a space of, you know, like really seeking. And um, so I did that for, it was like a November to December time. And I took two month sabbatical which was so hard because, of course, as somebody that is such a doer and always moving and on the go and wanting to achieve. And, you know, I felt that if I was taking two months off, that it would make me look like I failed or like I couldn't keep up or whatever. But in all reality, it was the best thing that could have ever happened. And to both my partner and I. And, um, I remember during that time, it was so funny. I just, I thought that it was just going to, you know, give a lot of clarity on how this would actually become more successful, how our organization would be able to thrive more, how it was going to bring just new clarity and vision into that. And I'll never forget, I was on my hands and knees because I just spent literally for two months was like praying (laughs) And I still was working, um, doing hair and teaching yoga, but I also, the main thing was just like meditating and praying and just being and fasting on this project. And there was a moment probably about a, a a month in, I'd kind of known before this was going to happen, but until I was able to like fully stop and like trust myself, trust, god trust the inner knowing i was not allowing it to be loud enough to hear so i got like a full clarity as i was laying on the floor one day and just saying you're supposed to pass off this nonprofit." and i remember thinking at the time what the heck like no i'm not and it was so clear like yes you are to pass this off And I was like, no way. And there were all these fears in my head of what if it doesn't continue? What if people think that you're a failure? What if um, you're, you know, it's just showing you that you're a quitter? What if people don't think that you care about others anymore? Because in all reality, I have such a big heart that I care a lot. And I don't want to say too much because I don't think anybody can care too much for anything, But I felt that people were going to think that I didn't care about others anymore. And to me, that's really sad because that's not my heart at all. And so I remember hearing another audible voice of, Jess, this is not your project. It's mine. And I remember going back to when I knew that we were supposed to start this project, that I felt like it was... God's project. Like it was a divine thing. Like it was not even my own that life is just way too short and you just don't know what can happen. And so having it, having it just kind of with an open hand and um, being able to like release and surrender. And to me, that was the biggest hardship i had ever had in my life because it was like a dream. It was something where I really thought that my whole life was going toward Um, it was something, even a best friendship felt like, you know, we were in a marriage that we then were just like splitting ways and it was the hardest thing in the entire world. And so I finally let that go. And, um, again, that took probably about like a year of like full, deep diving and healing and, and, um, going to like therapy and going to, um, my neural practitioner, having to do different body work and get emotions out of my body that had been there for so long, having to, um, let myself get angry, go through the grieving process. I mean, all of that was so hard and I'm sure we'll talk more in other episodes about um, going deeper into that in conversations with other people. But I can say that that was like the hardest thing. And I remember sitting there, it was like, I mean, months and months and months later. And I was like, okay, well then what am I supposed to focus on? You know, this is where my life was headed. And I got this again, like a clear kind of audible voice. It was like leaders. And I was like, leaders, what do I do with that? And then I kept getting retreats. And I was like, huh, because I kept thinking about, you know, Jess, you have a heart for so many people, you literally cannot touch the entire world. But if you focus on those that are going to focus on others, then it's going to create a ripple effect that's going to go all around the world and touch hundreds and thousands of lives by you focusing on the leaders. So from there i was like well shoot okay i'm going to set up a women's retreat and i thought of some dynamic women in my area that i loved that were in leadership in their own kind of way um maybe in their community or in their own business or or nonprofit or whatever it was and i put together my first retreat out in washington area and it was unreal And the women had an incredible time. We had an incredible time. It was so vulnerable, but it was also very empowering. And after that, I was like, wow, like this is, this is something had already hosted the Wholeness Journeys globally and then had the retreats locally. And I was like, wow, this is making sense. So again, just with the same, that concept of say yes anyway, it was like, I didn't know what it was going to be or how it was going to turn out but I just knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to head in in that direction. And while all this was going on, I actually had um, been gotten my life coaching certification, like integrative, basically where you're integrating the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual side of everything to your life and coaching you to pursue and live out your dreams and your purpose and your calling um, while you integrate those those pieces and fundamental pillars to your life. So with that, um, it really helped with the retreats. It really got me into a space where I wanted to do one-on-one work and group work and teamwork. Um, so then that way people would be more empowered to live the fullness of who they were and who they are. So, um, I left out for Thailand actually, and worked with, the human trafficking organization that we take teams to and got to work with them for a couple of months and do one-on-one coaching with each person that was on the team, got to do team coaching and building. And it was powerful because the thing is with a team and especially in service, when you're working to serve other people, you are putting everybody else first and you're neglecting a lot of your own emotional work, your mental state, maybe how you're doing spiritually, you're forgetting about that stuff. And so there's blocks sometimes within the team. Um, Maybe there's some resentments that happen. Maybe there's just things that are just not fluid or, um, or even for yourself, there's a lot of burnout and breakdown. And so I went out there and got to be a part of supporting that. And it was insane and amazing. And I was so grateful to do that. There was a lot of refreshment, a lot of clarity, a lot of Uh, synergy. And it was fun. So that was something that was really cool. And that I knew that I just needed to say yes to. And during the time, I was actually launching my website, Your Whole Purpose, which I had built another LLC that was for the coaching and retreats. Um, And I had written my first book called Lead Your Whole Life, How Cultivating Wholeness Transforms the Way We Live and Lead. And launched that while I was in um, an Airbnb in Vietnam, uh, and then worked on my website that whole entire time in Thailand as well. And it was insane doing all that work and setting up kind of the foundation of this new business. And anyway, through that process, it was really cool because, again, I just kept saying yes when it made no sense. And, um, I knew that I knew that I knew I was gonna be moving out to California again. Um, I was on a layover. I'm kind of backtracking a little bit, but I remember being on a layover before I went out to Thailand and, um, and I got this like prompting inside of me that said that I was going to move back to California. And I was at the Venice Pier again, the same place that I got the same clarity that I was leaving California. So I got the same, yes, that I would be moving back. And I was like, well, when am I supposed to move back? And I heard that audible voice again. And again, not everybody hears audible voices like I do, but it's been a theme where I just personally listen to the inner guidance, the inner knowing, the Holy Spirit. And um, sometimes I'll like see an image. Sometimes I'll hear a voice. Sometimes it'll just be a feeling. So this is something that everybody has within you to like hear something or see something for yourself it's inside of you so that's why i keep saying like i heard this voice in case you're wondering so then i hear this audible voice of you're gonna be back in june i was like what in the world so okay here here we go so like i said months later i was still traveling and i was in Laos at the time talking to a friend And told her that I thought that I'd be moving, but didn't know how. And 10 minutes later, I get a text message from one of my friends that lived over here in Long Beach. And she asked or told me that her and her husband were going to be gone for two months starting in June. And wanted to know if I wanted to sublet their place. And my mouth dropped. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. Because I knew that I knew that I knew that I was going to be moving to California and just didn't know how or or what. And that was the yes that I needed to say anyway. And so I came back from Southeast Asia after 3 months. Um and packed up all my stuff and 2 weeks later I drove down to California. And with that, like I said, it was a besides, you know, starting my new uh, whole purpose business with the One on one coaching. I was doing group coaching at the time and with teams and pretty much all women um, at the time. Then I, that was all that I knew that I was doing. I had no other plans. I have some really great friends in LA. I have a great church. I had, you know, few opportunities, but nothing set in stone. And I just knew that I was going to be a light in the darkness because there's just a lot of, you know, heavy stuff that's in LA or a lot of it's, it can be tough with just people always wanting something from you or everybody's trying to achieve something or become something, which I think is so beautiful. I love it so much. That's like part of the, of the piece that draws me to California But all I just knew was like, nope, you're going to go and you'll figure it out once you get there. But you have to trust and you have to have that faith and go anyway. So I did. And anyway, it's been quite the journey. Um, The first while that's what I was up to was exactly what I said and ended up teaching yoga on the beach. Um, I hosted a, a wholeness journey. We went out to um Costa Rica and then we went to Colombia um just this this year before covid and then um my friend one of my best friends he was telling me about he had broken his leg or torn his ACL and was in a bunch of pain and got him to some stillness and with him there was something so deep in him where he wanted to offer you know, a place for people not to feel lonely and to feel loved and seen and heard and um, to create some sort of group. We both went to church home. And I remember him telling me about that. And I had a desire a few years ago to start a a group or a couple years back to start a group um, off of church home. But I just didn't think that it was the right time. And when he brought that up, I was like, whoa, like maybe this is the time. So we kind of sat on it, prayed on it, and we did. And we called it Venice Club, Monday nights, (laughs) and literally became a family. Like we had anywhere from um, like about 30 people every single week that would show up. And we would talk about all things, um, connect people to each other, more with themselves, with God, all different walks of life. Um, religions, backgrounds, and kind of be a, a bridge between uh, believers and non-believers and just make everybody feel like they are seen, loved, and heard. And family, I mean, this got so close, we, we would share topics on guilt and shame and on um, different seasons of life or on purpose. We would have vision board parties. We would help each other move. We would. Um, it just became like a literal family. And with this, absolutely unreal. And I do believe too, that that was such a powerful time for everybody, especially right before COVID, because we had built such an incredible family that once COVID happened, then we were still in it. We were with each other every single day and fighting for each other and talking things out and, um, you know, playing together and watching sermons together and getting baptized together. And then, you um, making food for each other and camping together. And like I said, helping each other move, we all went through a lot. And um, that has been like a huge, huge, huge gift to all of us. And I know that, you know, it brought a lot of healing and a lot of vulnerable spaces and um, also encouraged each other in each other's dreams and also, you know, allowed us to be just like, what does it look like to have community? What does it look like when somebody is going through their hardest time, the other person can uplift the other. And what does it look like when somebody is uplifted and then they can like really pour into somebody that's down. And gosh, it was literally unreal. So um, then of course, you know, COVID happened and, and I got to a place where I, personally, I know we all were, but I was personally and just like oh, what the heck am I doing with my life? I lost all sources of my income, retreats, um, wholeness journeys, like I stopped doing the one-on-one coaching prior to that. And then by the time that COVID hit, I mean, people weren't looking to be coached into their dreams and things like that. And so I really came to a place of fear and doubt and insecurity and just felt a lot of like shame and guilt with even like financially, and I didn't want to ask for help or anything. And I remember just like being in tears and crying. And uh, one of my friends, he actually shared with a bunch of our you know family kind of like how I brought up, and they raised like eight hundred dollars for me, and that was just a reminder in itself of just here, not alone, and. Like God's got your back. He's always showing up for you and your friends care. And um, it was just like a, a reminder of you're on the right path and things are going to be okay. And even during this process, just thinking of like how to be present, but also how to dream into the future of what could be. And um, my friend had started this thing called the Mentorship Mastermind, where it's like a mentorship Program. I don't know if you have ever been mentored or mentored anyone, but mentorship has changed my life. As I talked about Marv Smith earlier, he was one of my mentors and spoke so much life into me and believed in me when I never, when I didn't believe in myself. And there's been many other mentors in my life that have done the same. So it's like mentorship and it's like a mastermind where you are with each other, just collaborating and connecting and pushing each other towards each other's dreams and goals. And Um, And it's kind of like our Monday night group where then we dive deep and we share authentically and vulnerably. And anyway, so he told me about this before he started and, and I was so excited for him. And last year we had talked about some similar visions. Um, His whole thing is called pursuing purpose. And mine was whole purpose. We were like, gosh, we're probably going to do something together one day. And anyway, just, out of this whole place of brokenness and like figuring out what the heck I was going to do with my life. And I know, um, he was kind of in that same place of gosh, you know, in a creative funk and like, what am I going to do? And like what to pursue and we were all there. And so finally he was like, okay, I'm, I'm like ready to do this thing and do it with you. And then I just like knew that I knew that I knew that this was, um, the next Avenue and, you know, a lot of times, I think of, like our um, our pain becomes our purpose, and one of them being that you know I would had a partnership before um, with a best friend and a dream and a nonprofit, and I had to pass that off, and it was the biggest heartbreak. But um, to then know that I can trust and walk into something and it's not about us. Like it really is for people. It really is for others. It is to bring our gift to the world. And I know that my purpose is to bring other people's gifts to the world and to empower people to live in the fullness of who they are. And, um, anyway, so it's just been the coolest thing because now, um, since COVID we've been able to actually start this thing and it, we are in week four this next week Um, on Sunday is going to be week four where we are, um, we have 50 participants from all over the world that are, it's all about, you know, going in deep through, um, like your limiting beliefs and self-love and, um, really embracing every single element of who you are. So then that way you can really live and thrive into your purpose and do it with community and with people that love the heck out of you and believe in you and support you. And we have the most incredible mentors ever that are a part of our team. And I could not be more grateful and thankful um, for this opportunity and for this partnership and for, um, yeah, just being able to watch and uncover people's lives transform. And I'm like, every day I'm like, holy crap, this is our life, how flippin' cool. And, you know, anyways, we have other plans on retreats and programs and um, podcasts and things like that. But, um, you know, I I do believe in timing as well. And again, like some people could think like, oh, right now that doesn't really make any sense. And some people be like, oh, that does make sense to start this thing or do this thing or, you know, go through your healing work or pursue that dream or whatever's in your heart who knows but what I just want to remind you guys today before I end is to really listen to that prompting in your heart like you really have the things inside of you to know and a lot of times we can't like trust every single thing in our heart we have to become still and know like where things are coming from if they're coming from a place of fear, if it's coming from a place of lack, if it's coming from scarcity, if it's coming from love, if it's coming from like an actual desire or calling or, you know, whatever that might be, but only you really know. And so I hope that you do feel inspired, inspired in some way through my story of all the ups and downs and all arounds of, you know, things have not always been easy. My life has been pretty flipping awesome um, to travel the world and serve others and build things and uh, create and have fun and live in different places. But it's also been really hard. I've loved it. And also sometimes, you know, just cried for like hours and days, like, you know, because you just have no idea what the heck is going on, but I want to offer you an opportunity to kind of release the outcome of everything of what your life looks like and embrace the now, embrace the moment, embrace um, the inner knowing, but also to really pursue the things that are on your heart. Pursue the people that you know that you're supposed to serve. Pursue those that, that, you know, maybe don't have hope. And um, I'm just so excited to be on this journey with you guys. And I hope that this isn't something that you just sit back and you're like, oh, that was a cool story. But really you take a look in your life and you're like, what is what is something I can do today? What What is a step of action where I can say yes anyway? And even if it terrifies you, even if it makes you cringe, even if it's Like, ah, you're like dragging your feet, but you know that you know that you know that you're supposed to say yes anyway. I invite you into that space and I would love to hear. So if you ever wanna reach out and just let me know, that would be incredible. It would make my day and my year, maybe my month. I love you guys and just know that I'm rooting for you from afar and whatever you need, I got you.